Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys. I go on a quick little vacation for two days during my teacher spring break, and what could go wrong? <laughs> um, a lot of good stuff. It's been great. So I, I do apologize for the absence. Uh, I had to go spend some time with the wife. He was incredible. Uh, thank you for everybody that reached out. That was awesome. But man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And what we're going to be doing this episode, if you, if you didn't see the title here, we're, we're going to be going pros and cons for and against each of the quarterback prospects, Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde, all those different things. We're playing both sides. We're going to make the case for and against why this should be the pick at number three. Um, and we've got five quarterbacks we're talking about at pick three. Okay, I understand you want to play the three. We're throwing in Zach Wilson, and then we're also going to throw in Jimmy Garoppolo. Because if he's going to stay or not, I understand we're going to go through some of the things that were mentioned in the press conference, have some clips set aside, compliments of Juan Salas, uh, freaking heart and soul of the 49ers Rush podcast. I can never give that guy enough credit. Juan is the freaking man. Um, please follow him on Twitter if you haven't. He is incredible. Um, but anyway, ha having said all those things, we're going through there. Plus, we had a couple new uh, signings, and we're going to go over some film of our new linebacker that we signed. It's going to be a special teams ace and compete for that number three linebacker spot with the Z's. Um, he's got a lot of experience under his belt. Really, really like him. But without further ado, let's jump into it. And I love it, man. Countdown crew coming in strong. Love it. We have a giveaway our next episode. So the end of the month is upon us for March. This is the last time to get in um, your hashtag CC for a free giveaway next episode. So uh, if you're still in there, hashtag CC. If you don't join us live, you got to do it, man. It's, all the cool kids are doing it. Let's go. Let's go. So let's talk about the trade. And I understand I, I get a lot of questions all phrased this way. I don't, I don't know who started this conversation. That's okay. Let's clear it up. Is it two or three first round picks that were traded? Well, this is it's 100% semantics. The 49ers traded three first round picks and a third to move up in the first. So if you're looking at net versus gain and all that stuff, financially speaking, we only lost two first round picks because we swapped one. Okay. So, however you want to describe that, that's fine. We gave away three first round picks, we got one in return. So we are losing two first-rounders, 2022 and 2023. There's two first-rounders that we have lost. We upgraded one to lose two of the future ones. But you could say you lost three first-round picks because we did. We don't have the number 12 pick. We traded that away. That counts as one of the three. I think I got about 15 emails on that asking me to change the verbiage. So understand this. We do get one first rounder back, but we did trade away three. Everybody's right. Everybody's wrong. <laughs> We're all in this together. So um, once this trade took place, you know, questions galore because everybody was saying uh, the rumors as soon as this hit from lots of different people basically said this. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers were trying to get to four, five, six. What? Okay, this is going to provide some context to a whole bunch of stuff because if the 49ers were trying, you know, talking to teams at the 456 spot, that means there's a lot of guys that they really, really liked. That's what we have to figure out. We got 29 days to figure this out before the draft. And by the way, we will be live during the draft. I, I, 
I keep forgetting to put this into my show notes, but we will be live on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, all those things uh, during days one and two of the draft. Host Chuck B is going to be joining me. Um, he's awesome. He's an Eagles fan. Don't hold that against him. But it's going to be a complete Niner-centric podcast with film clips, all those things. We're going to be with you for two days. And I'm working to get you guys a pretty big giveaway. Uh, it's what we do. <laughs> I don't I don't know why we give so much stuff away, but sure is fun. Now, Shanahan was asked... Man, at three, you got to have at least three guys you like, but with the reports of them trading to four, five, and six, or trying to, having calls at least about it, I think there's more than just three guys that Kyle Shanahan likes. Well, um, in the press conference, this was asked, and Kyle Shanahan said he feels confident with whomever they pick there at three. Here's the head coach himself. Because I cleared that last one. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, about Mac. Um, no, in the sense, in the yeah, sense you know I can't you... answer exactly the stuff, but the way we looked at it is, I mean, to move up to three, we had to feel good that there's three guys we'd be comfortable with leading our team for a long time. And we couldn't make that decision before there was three guys. Um, so we had to feel that way with three. Um, now I think there's a chance to get there with four and five. There's a chance. Um, there's five guys that are kind of at this party a little bit. And um, people are talking about them going everywhere. They're all over in the first round. Our feeling is these guys were going to go a lot higher than people realize. And when you have two guys sitting out one and two, possibly could, um, even possibly three and four, then you hear a lot of teams um, all the way through the draft who are in a situation where they really want a quarterback and they don't have someone close to what we have with Jimmy. Um, that means those five guys are going to disappear pretty fast. So we had to feel confident in three to make this move. Um, and that's what we did. And I do it. I'm excited about now. We know there's five players. Who do you want to put your um, who do you want to put your future in? Well, I'm glad we got a month to really work on that. And that I mean, this front office is so damn honest. There's five guys at the party. We got a month to figure it out, and we're going to go through each one and talk about all those different guys. But again, if this you could say, okay, yeah, sure, there's five guys, whatever. BS. No, no, no. They tried to trade up to five. That has been confirmed by multiple sources, not because the 49ers leak anything out. They never do. Uh, they just tell it plain as is. Other teams do leak. That happens. Um, when we found out about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, it wasn't because anybody from our side let that out. That was a Patriots thing, right? Um, so the, this is taking place. There are five guys. And Kyle Shanahan was terrified. You know, you don't want to get left at the altar is the phrase that he said because these quarterbacks are going earlier than everybody expected. I, I was on a pod last week. I, was, I think it was on six different podcasts and radio shows last week. It was a busy week. Good week. Um, I love it. Somebody asked me, what do you think the worst situation for the 49ers uh, would be in this draft? And this was way before the trade. I said trading up to get Mac Jones. I would love Mac Jones at 12. Would love Mac Jones at 12. I'd love Mac Jones at 10. This, eh, we'll talk about that. We'll get to Mac Jones. I'm not a Mac Jones truther. He's incredible. He will go in the top 10 picks. He deserves to go in the top 10 picks. But where does he fit along everybody else? So uh, let's do this. And also, you know, real quick, uh, questions. If you have those, tag me. Uh, a lot of people in the chat just want to say welcome. Really do appreciate you as always. Hit that thumbs up. Um, hit that like button wherever it is. It helps us out as a podcast big time. Question here from MK Green. John, what do you think about trading up or down from three? Okay. We now have the cards. Again, if you're sticking with the theme, supposedly Kyle Shanahan never even called Robert Sala in the Jets which I don't believe that at all, uh, about the number two pick. I think that is in play. Now, would the Jets be willing to move? I don't think the 49ers could offer any more draft compensation. Um, I would be up for moving to two if you get Zach Wilson. If he's the guy and you like him that much more, I have him as my number two quarterback, um, Zach Wilson from BYU. I'm fine with that. We've seen what it takes to move from three to two. You remember that with the whole Solomon Thomas, Mitch Trubisky thing? Two third rounders. We could do that. <laughs> we do have two third rounders. But to jump up that one spot, that would be rough because, again, next year you don't have a first already and you don't have a six rounder. So we're already kind of limited. Now, the third we gave away was the Robert Sala compensation pick at the end. We still have our original third rounder, though, for 2022. So theoretically, yeah, you could still do that trade, uh, you know, verbatim. 49ers offer number three and then third rounder this year and third rounder next year. 
a little spicy. I, I think a player would probably be easier. But yeah, if if you if you go through these guys, Kyle Shanahan, there's five guys at the party. We're talking through all of them. You go through this party, which we're about to do, and you say, mm, actually, you know what? There's only two guys, or only one guy. Trevor Lawrence is gone 100%. Um, I, I'm to the point now where I'm just going to stop answering questions about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's going number one. It's not even close. Now, number two is a little bit up for debate. Zach Wilson seems to be the consensus, but Justin Fields, holy freaking cow. I think he has to be the consensus number three pick. Um, he's not my personal favorite for number three, but he is the most widely held guy at number three. Now, why is that the case? Let's go through the fours, the pros, if you will, of this awesome guy. Uh, one, He's the most talented passer. Whenever he came out of high school, and Kyle Shanahan has connections there, this goes into the pro column or four column as well. That quarterback collective, they have history. Kyle Shanahan has worked with this kid. It was a long time ago, but still the relationship is there. Most talented in the class by a lot. You know, clocked a 4.44 in the 40. You'd say, oh, it's pro day speed, whatever else. Doesn't matter. You watch the film, he's 4-4. Um, you see the training videos, he's 4-4. It's what it is. The kid has the speed. Tough as hell. And not only that, he has played the toughest defenses of any quarterback in this draft that is eligible uh, to be picked. So he's had the toughest slate, no doubt about that. Um, so many different metrics judge this. But yeah, even though it was a limited sample size, you saw him perform well against almost everybody. And even if you watch the Indiana Northwestern game, which on my Patreon, I did the whole Northwestern game, the whole thing. Did he have some bad plays? Yes. Did he play bad? Hell no, he didn't. Not even in the least. So the narrative is, oh, he played bad versus Indiana Northwestern. No, he just didn't play elite. Did he have off games? Yeah, it's a shortened season. It's it's conference play. Those things happen. You know, we kind of raise the expectation in this highlight reel ready world that if you have one or two bad plays, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's just not the reality. Um, I, I, I don't know why it's like that, but it is what it is. Now, we talked about the quarterback relationship with Kyle Shanahan, but there's even another 49ers connection at the uh, staff at Ohio State. We're talking about Justin Fields here and why the 49ers should draft him or the reasons why it will work for that number three pick. Their head coach, Ryan Day, uh, not too long ago, he was the quarterback's coach for the 49ers um, under uh, this 2016. So it was before Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. But I guarantee you, there are still lots of people that were a part of this organization when he was here. That relationship is there. It's very anti-Alabama-ish because, again, you look at the connections there and there's no, like, ill will between this coaching staff that we know about um, or deceiving or any of those things, like with Alabama and Nick Saban. So that's huge. You talk about, again, experience, 34 games played. He's at the top of the list on here whenever you're just talking about games played. He's up there, um, and he's super driven. There is not a Big 12, Big 10, sorry about that, Big 10 season without Justin Fields. If you remember, you know, the SEC, Big 12, ACC, they were just playing as scheduled when COVID was happening. Big, Big 10 was, no, they weren't having it. Pac-12, nope, not having it. Justin Fields was the, fret, the entire face. He drove and led the movement to get that season kickstarted. This was the kid. And so... You know, we see it every year. Um, one of the quarterbacks gets run through the gauntlet and, you know, everybody questions him, whatever. Unfortunately, it's almost always an African-American quarterback. Uh, I'll just put that out there. Almost every single damn year it is. This kid is it. Amazing competitor, athlete, baseball and football. Um, on off the field, he's got it all. Leadership, he's got it all. They're... People are creating these narratives that don't exist for Justin Fields. They're not there. They are not there. They're grasping at straws. But again, it seems like, you know, the media every single year is going to pick one person to try to poke as many holes as possible. And this kid, Justin Fields, he's got it all. Now, what are the things that are against him? Okay, so if I want to play the opposite side and I want to say, you know what, maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy. Why, how do you talk yourself out of this? Here's, here's what you got to say. Um, well, the Ohio State system is bad. 
what's a Ohio State quarterback that has been successful? One, that's boring as hell. Um, I don't like the Ohio State system because it doesn't translate. It's very quarterback friendly, and it's an option route based system, passing tree system. What's that mean? It means there's no timing. It's not a timing concept. The receiver's going to post seven yards upfield, and the quarterback has to watch to see if the wide receiver's going to break off his route and come to the quarterback or break it off and go deep. You can't really make your decisions early on. So the problem is, and the critic is, well, he watches the same guy for too long. You're right. He does. It's not timing-based. So he has to watch. This is why I don't like Ohio State's system. I just I don't like it because it's it's a difficult transition to the NFL because it's it, it's it's different. Um, so that's a problem. That means he has to hold the ball on longer. That means he can't get through his progressions as fast because he has to wait and see what the wide receiver sees with the coverage given to break off his route. So that's a problem. He didn't have that in Georgia. And he transferred from Georgia to um, Ohio State. Also, his progressions improved throughout the year 2020 and he only played a limited season but it got better and better there are some games where you watch justin fields and you're like oh gosh he just stared at the same guy the whole time that is a problem that is concern but you have to be able to watch that and say are progressions always the issue they are not they're not always the issue because he gets through them i have several different clips where he gets through them um but it is a mild concern it's being a little blown up too much about getting through reprogression. Totally, nope. you don't understand the systems that are there. It is an issue. It's not that big of an issue, if that makes sense. Um, holds on the ball too long. That is one thing you can say. Okay, That is a legit criticism. 3.11 seconds, average time to release of the pass. And because of this, he does have a Superman mentality where he does not throw the ball away. He does not like to check down. He wants to gun the ball deep nonstop. I mean, the dude just airs the ball out nonstop all the time. I mean, if you're looking at average depth of position of target and all those things, how many you know air yards and all that, he's at the forefront. 12.6 average depth of target. This guy doesn't know what a check down is to save his life. That's a problem because he doesn't save his life. He's 6'3", 223. He will take a hit. Uh, C.J. Beathard-esque pocket awareness where it doesn't matter if people are coming. He's hanging in there. He's going to deliver it. He doesn't care if he gets hit. That's a positive and a negative there. So uh, kind of take that for whatever else. Um, I love Justin Fields. Uh, I want them to pick Justin Fields. He's not my favorite, but um, I'd be so happy. Um, Justin Fields would be perfect in this offense. I love it. Now, and I see you, Johnny. I see you on there. Justin Fields, no matter what. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, and I'm going to get to your question, Drew. He says, John, why do analysis um, say we're taking Mac Jones? He did average in college with all the Alabama talent around him. Uh, he was better than average. You know, won the national championship for sure. He was elite. But, yeah, we're, we're going to get there. I'm not the biggest Mac guy at all. Um so you kind of take that for whatever. Uh, Niner Drag asked this. Which quarterback outside of Lawrence could come in right away and run this offense with success? And this is going to be a little contrary to what's being put out there in the media. My answer is Trey Lance. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's only played one year. He's had a year off. Oh, he the level of competition isn't there. I, I don't care. I don't care. If you look at quarterbacks... Or quarterback systems for the people that want to scout the helmet. That's fine. We'll play that game. Which quarterback out of all these universities has been able to come in and start and play at a high level their rookie year? The only one that you can say that is North Dakota State. That's it. Carson Wentz. He played so well. He practiced so well early that the Eagles were able to trade away Sam Bradford for those first-round picks. I don't know if you remember that. That was one of the biggest horse-fleecing <laughs> trades I've seen in a long time. But yeah, they were able to do that because Trey Lance, and again, I'm, I'm kind of skipping here a little bit. Trey Lance, he's my favorite, by the way. That's who I want us to get. I want Trey Lance or Justin Fields. If I was the GM, which I'm not, thankfully for everybody here, Trey Lance would be my pick. Why? He's the youngest quarterback of the bunch. He's 20 years old. And I just mentioned he took a year off. The film you see of Trey Lance, he's 17 and 18 years old. He is a grown man, 6'3", 225. He was recruited to the Big Ten to play linebacker. 
Oh, what? That guy's playing quarterback, and he's smart as hell. Already graduated early. <laughs> High school graduated early. College graduated early. This guy is clean. Clean, clean. Runs the 49ers offense, or at least the closest adaptation to it in the college level. He runs it. What the Bison do at the line of scrimmage is complex. He calls all of his own protections. He audibles at the line, not looking to the coach. He doesn't look to the sideline. All right, uh, Justin Fields, he didn't call audibles. You got to look to the sidelines, they're going to call it. Mac Jones, same thing. Um, so this is a guy that has, as far as understanding, and it's very easy to look and say, well, this versus this versus this, whatever else. And the only thing that you could say against him is experience, 17 career starts. That's not that much. Also, the same amount of starts as you know Mac Jones, who we'll talk about in a second, and level of competition. I get that. Level of competition is an issue. Um, it, it is, it, it's an issue. Playing it in the FCS, it's, it's what it is. But also, people were saying on Twitter, there's no way Kyle Shanahan's going to draft this guy because they didn't go to the pro day. Well, let's hear what the head coach has to say about this because I thought this was awesome. This is for Kyle. Just given with, with Trey Lance, he, he played in a pro-style system, but um, given he only had one game in 2020 and overall the sample is is relatively small. How, how does that change the evaluation process from your standpoint? And a second question, is Chris Sims privy to your decision at number three? <laughs> yeah, I tell him everything. Um, uh, no, yeah, I mean, it's always harder when a guy didn't play this year, um, definitely. Um, and, you know, he played one game, so I don't think people are going to go a ton off of one game. You got to go off his body of work. And, um, you know, you got to play the, the whole season before. So it's, you know, of course we'd all wish he could have one. You know, we wish um, Wilson could have a full season too. You know, there, there's a lot of things that happened this year. And we also wish we could go personally work out everybody. I uh, wish I could go out to dinner with everybody. Um, there's a lot of things that make it harder for everyone this year. And, but I mean, the draft's hard every year. So, I mean, if you look at it over history, I mean, 50, 50 is pretty good. Um, so you, you throw in a lot more variables and it makes it harder, but is it going to make it worse than 50, 50? I, I don't know, but one thing that I kind of liked with what we did when you sit at 12 and you know, you, you're, you know, everyone's talking about there's possibly five guys that could go around there and man, I'm not, you can't work these guys out. You can't go out to dinner with them, but you got to find out a lot more about these guys. How do you do that without tipping your hand off to everyone? And that was also one of the frustrating things to be sitting there like, man, we don't want to go try to see someone or do all this stuff or be zooming all the time. And now everyone knows how hard we're trying to do something. You get to three, you don't have to mess with that stuff. And I think that gives us a better chance um, now to do our due diligence because we don't have to really play any games in that way. And also it's come out. Um, they are working with Trey Lance's agent to set up a private workout. So you couldn't tip your hand. It was too early. And flip side of this is, you know, if I'm going to play the logic Aristotelian kind of approach to this, they saw Trey Lance's pro day, you know, from afar and said, yep, if that's the worst case, let's do it. If Trey Lance at pick three, because guaranteed, no matter what, one of the three guys will be there, okay, who had their pro days. Uh, BYU, that kind of, you know, whatever with Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and then Trey Lance. He has his pro day. Kyle Shanahan and John Litt say, yep, that's it. Like, worst case, we get that, and we feel comfortable with that. Let's go get it. Um, now, you got to kind of weigh all those things. You see Justin Fields. You see Mac Jones. You see all those things. Um, we'll have to see what happens. And also, there is also a workout set up with um, Justin Fields as well. So uh, they're going to get a personal hands-on approach to everybody. The only one that they've had so far was Mac Jones. Because this was the last attempt. Mac Jones had two pro days. Both were bad. Uh, not bad. Uh, the first one was bad. Second one was average. Um, Justin Fields pro day, who the 49ers weren't there. Well, Adam Peters was there, which is important. He was, it was incredible. Uh, a lot of people say one of the best pro days ever. Uh, quick question here from A.A. Ron. Uh, John, there's been some talk knocking Lance for his accuracy compared to Fields. Yes, that is a legitimate concern. Um... Now, he puts a little context to this, and I think Aaron listens to the show. He, he knows what's up. Is part of that due to Lance hitting more of his receivers in stride and Fields hitting more stationary guys? There's a big difference in this offense. A lot of the plays that you're going to have in North Dakota State, there's two or three guys out on routes. Again, very similar to the 49ers. 
two or three guys out on routes. That's it. It's a predominantly run-heavy scheme. You look at that Fields, he's got four to five wide receivers every single play and a running back. Um, so there's a big difference. <laughs> you don't get a lot of separation. You're not finding a lot of wide-open throws for Trey Lance. They exist. They are there. But it, they're, <laughs> they're worlds apart. But accuracy is an issue when you are looking at Trey Lance's game. So why am I so high on him? With the quarterback position, and I think this will lead us into our number three guy. With the quarterback position, you have to look at height, ceiling, expectation, growing. He's 20 years old. The film you watched, he was 18. And he's putting this clinic on. Can he improve? You look at top quarterbacks in the league, okay? Patrick Mahomes is number one. I don't care who you are. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. He was not a consensus first rounder. He wasn't. He had so many flaws, but he had those elite traits that were if you could fix the flaws and get some continuity and some consistency in his game and footwork, then you could elevate his play. That happened. Josh Allen, you got to put up there as well. Guess what? Not the consensus first or second quarterback coming out of college. I was very low on him because he just made he couldn't make the decision process. It was so bad he would just choose to throw it away uh, or into double coverage a lot of times, but he had those other traits. It took him a year and a half, two years to get to that level. I think he's a top 3 quarterback in the NFL now. So, you see those things and you have to coach up. The potential for Trey Lance is the highest. The talent level, I think Justin Fields, he's got that in his favor. But you look at Trey Lance and how young he is and what he's got going for him. Also, you got to throw this in there, too. Uh, there's rumors going around. <laughs> it's from Colin Cowherd himself, so I feel like I can say this. Uh, there's some rumors going around that um, Trey Lance is dating Colin Cowherd's daughter. Uh, so if you want to look that up, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> but I thought that was, you know, I, I put that in a positive column. I don't know why. It's just what it is. But um, I love Trey Lance. And again, his read progression. He's the best in this. He's the best in it. A lot of people are going to say Mac Jones. That's fine. I'm telling you right now, Trey Lance can get through three read progressions in the pocket and then escape the pocket and still go through read progressions. You see it. You don't see it on Mac Jones. Mac Jones goes through his read progressions, A-plus there. But he has no bailout. He has no escape. His footwork's great. His pocket presence's great. His reads are great. Trey Lance has those things. Trey Lance has better footwork. Uh, he's a much better athlete. The speed is there. Golly. Um, anyway, it, it's hard to find a fault for Trey Lance besides, oh, his level of competition. Okay, Jabril Cox. Guess what? LSU started one of the SEC defensive players, you know, up there for player of the year. Guess where he transferred from? Yeah, North Dakota State. Dylan Redunds. Guess what? Player of the week at Senior Bowl. Where was he from? North Dakota State. That's just such a boring, lazy argument. Um, again, Josh Allen from Wyoming. They were trash. They are trash. Like, <laughs> film doesn't lie. And you could say, well, they're not playing against the best people. Okay, that's fine. But you have to have some creativity and be able to look and say, look, this translates. That translates. It doesn't matter the DB or the defensive lineman coming at you. They're still freaking 250 pounds. It's not like they're out there playing against John Chapman's. <laughs> like, these guys have some talent. Um, anyway, I, I'm going to stop talking about Trey Lance. Let's go number three. Zach Wilson. I think this is the third most likely situation. Um, again, I'm going in order. Justin Fields probably most likely. Trey Lance second. Zach Wilson number three. Now, why do I have him three? Because I think he's going to get picked number two. Um, is there a chance that he falls? Yes, there is. Has Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan talked? Oh, yes, they have. Now, is Robert Sala going to tip his hand? No, I don't think so. But I, I will say this. There is a possibility. It might only be 5%. might be smaller than 5% that Zach Wilson is not the number two pick. You know, another piece of information that was interesting Right after the 49ers-Miami trade, 12-3, to Miami traded again with Philadelphia Eagles for that sixth pick, it, which tells us a couple things. One, the 49ers could have just done that. If we wanted to get to six, we could have done that deal, but you're not guaranteed to get a quarterback because there's five guys at the party, right? That's what Kyle said. But also, Philadelphia came out and said, 
the rumors are they were only willing to move to number three if they were 100% sure Zach Wilson would be there. And they weren't. Why? Because he's probably going to go number two. It's a perfect fit. Um, it's a perfect fit. It, it, it's where he's going. So I would love Zach Wilson, but he's going to be gone. Now let's get to it. Here we go. Uh, the Kyle type, if you will. Mac freaking Jones. Uh, sorry, we should change it by his name. McCorkle. McCorkle Jones. That's his actual name. McCorkle. Are you? <laughs> his name's McCorkle. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, the question was asked, and here are all of the ties. And again, they all lack an imagination. And I could be wrong. And I'm not an anti-Mac Jones guy. Definitely not. I am an anti-trade two first-rounders, again, if you listen to the start of this podcast, or three first-rounders and a third to get Mac Jones. I am anti-that. So the question was asked, McCorkle Jones, he has a lot of the types that the Kyle Shanahan type of receiver or white quarterback have, right? Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, whatever else. This lacks so much imagination and creativity. It's just so simplistic. But that was the question that was asked. Let's listen to good old Kyle Shanahan himself. Kyle, there's there's a perception that, you know, your ideal archetype quarterback is Kirk Cousins and that that's somehow rigid. You said your process has sort of evolved over the years. How accurate is that perception and how has your decision making on quarterbacks evolved? Um, I mean, there's when I mean, I, I probably change my number every time I sometimes say there's five. I sometimes say there's ten. Um but they're all different, and but there's ten of them. Whatever that number is, and it's you. You want an elite player, and of course, if you can get a guy who's elite with his arm and can play in that pocket and do everything, and still run around and make off-schedule plays, I mean, that's what you've seen with Mahomes, um, you know. And that's, I mean, everybody wants something like that. Um, but there is a risk to everything, and you got to see that in the draft. You got to see it in college, and it's not that these guys j are just coming. I mean, no, no one's probably been talented like that I mean some have always pretty talented um, and there's people uh, but more and more there's more talented players playing these positions in college so I do think there there's more options coming into the league um, but if you can't sit in that pocket and play the position eventually it's not going to matter so they both go hand in hand to say that my prototypical guy is someone like Kirk Cousins I mean that's just Everyone knows my history with Kirk. We drafted him in the fourth round at Washington. I got to coach him for three games. Um, we were fired. I left. Thought we'd have a chance to get him here in free agency. Um, and I would have loved to have him in free agency until Jimmy came along the year before. Because I thought we could have won with him. Um, just like Minnesota has. Just like um, I think Kirk does a good job for whatever team he plays for every year. Um, there's a number of quarterbacks like that. Um, but to, that's the only one I've been associated with because people thought I was trying to bring him here, which I was at the time. It's not because that's how you draw it up. Um, if you're going to draw it up, you're going to draw the, the biggest, fastest, strongest, and best quarterback um, in the pocket. So I think that's pretty ridiculous to say that. But I also tell you, I love Kirk. Kirk's, I know I'm not allowed to talk about other players, but <laughs> I, it's, he, Kirk's a hell of a player. And a lot of people would be lucky to have a quarterback like that. I do, I do like how he took that opportunity to, you know, shed his praise for Kirk Cousins. And for what? Okay, take this away. This trade is a win for no other reason than there is now 0% chance that the 49ers end up with Kirk Cousins because God bless him. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan was going to do whatever the hell he had to do to get that guy back where, the, it, oh, I'm so thankful. I do not want Kirk Cousins. Is he a bad quarterback? No. Is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Eh, maybe. Not on prime time. He's not for sure. But yeah, whatever. We don't have him. So that's great. And also I do want to give a shout out to uh, Cynthia. Sid, she's, she's been saying a lot of this Trey Lance stuff for a while. Uh, she She's incredible. Thank you, Sid. One of my favorite people to interact with. Uh, shout out to you, girl. Uh, now, Mac Jones. He does fit the Kyle type. And Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, you want the off-platform uh, Mahomes type whatever plays Josh Allen. But that doesn't matter if you don't have pocket presence. That's first and foremost. You go back through Bill Walsh and his scouting notes whenever he developed his scouting academy once he got out of the NFL. It's incredible. Uh, I mean, just so much detail he writes about evaluating the quarterback position. And he goes through. Read progression, pocket awareness. Those two things are supreme 
It's not arm talent. It's not mobility. It's not any of those things. So, all right, cool. And here's the argument I get all the time with Mac Jones. Look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the exception to the rule in all cases. If you are arguing for Tom Brady, you shouldn't be talking about drafting Mac Jones uh, in the first round. You should talk about drafting a quarterback, Kellen Mond, in the fifth round, whatever else, because that's what happened to Tom Brady, right? Why don't you just wait for a quarterback to be 42 and win the Super Bowl? It's so easy. Not how it works. Mac Jones, what, what does he have going for him? Okay, so let's try to do this. This is difficult for me. I'm not a Mac Jones guy. But why should the 49ers take Mac Jones at three? Ah, that just grossed me out saying it. Ugh. <laughs> uh, quick release, man, he's got super quick release. Pocket presence, A1. It's perfect. Read progression, very, very good. He is a quote-unquote cerebral quarterback that understands where everybody needs to be all the time. That's great. Elite protect, uh, production won the national championship. Okay, now let's look at the flip side. Like you tear each one of those apart and probably could do that with all of these different prospects, to be honest with you. One, how important is football to this kid? Why? I don't know why people aren't asking this. He's got major red flags character and football-wise. One, he had a DUI during football season. He was a freshman in college. All right, that's cool. You could say, all right, Dak Prescott, same situation. I would say Dak Prescott's DUI was worse because that was like his senior season leading up to the draft, whatever else. This guy had a a DUI during football season with a fake ID. <laughs> so this was like, I get it. You're a college freshman, whatever else. There's a huge question there that you're doing that crap during football season. Um, why are you out? No, just no, no. One, you he was underage. That's why he had a fake ID, whatever else. So that's one red flag. Number two, have you seen this kid with his shirt off? Ugh, looks like me, but worse. That's awful. How the hell do you go through Alabama's Four years of their program and not get in shape. What the hell? Like, why Why are we not asking these questions? Well, you don't need to, you know, look, you know, whatever, Jack, to be quarterback. You're right. If you're on the Jay Cutler workout plan, good Lord, this dude eating hot dogs on the damn sideline. I'm not trying to fat shame anybody. That's not the issue here. Again, he probably looks a little better than me. We're, we're tied. I'm 38, though. Come on, man. Um, I don't go through this elite football program and not develop physically. How the hell is that possible? That just raises such a big red flag to me. Um, that Alabama has one of the greatest strength and conditioning programs in the world. And this guy can't get in shape. Why are these questions not being asked? You have to question this kid's character or at least his commitment to football, he might be the greatest person that's ever, amazing human being, whatever, I don't care. You don't go out and party and get drunk during football season, one. Number two, you at least got to run some laps and get in shape. Am I wrong? I don't know if I'm wrong. Uh, that, that's a problem for me. Also, inexperience. You don't, you, you dock Trey Lance, guess how many career starts? This guy's got Mac Jones, 17. The same number. Yeah, it's in the SEC. I got to give you that. Uh, level competition's there. Now, the other reason is this. He's the oldest quarterback of the bunch. He's already 22 years old. Now, 22's not old, but he is older than everybody else. Um, also, I do have to say, Justin Fields is 22 as well. Considerably younger. I think about seven months younger. If I'm, I could be wrong. Don't hold me to that. Um, younger than Mac Jones. But that does play into the equation. Also, he was surrounded by the most elite talent ever. He's going to have two wide receivers drafted in the top 10. Two of them. Um, his running back, first-round running back. Best old line in college football. So was the success because of them? Look at Alabama's track record. You want to knock <laughs> OSU, uh, Ohio State University, because of their quarterback track record? Try to look at Alabama's. Their most successful quarterback in Alabama in the past, I don't know, 20 years? It's Tua, who's 6-3 and three and still got some questions with what's going on. I like Tua. I do like Tua. But... That's the most successful quarterback from that, you know, whatever. And they have proven they can win with subprime quarterback play. I don't think that Mac Jones was subprime quarterback play. I don't. Again, if the 49ers were at 12, I would have been fine with Mac Jones. I think he's just kind of a Jimmy guy, right? Doesn't really provide anything new. You don't get to extend any plays. He might be, let's say he's better than Jimmy. I'm fine with that argument. But you don't trade 
You don't swap first-rounders plus two other first-rounders and a third-round pick to get something that might be a little bit better. Yeah, no mobility. Um, arm strength average at best. It's just not there. But, again, back to the pros. Is there a possibility we can take Mac Jones? Yes, it is. I'm saying I don't see it. There's no way in hell you trade all the way up to three if you want Mac Jones. I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. Yeah, how do you leave? Go back to that draft. And we started talking about this earlier. That Mitchell Trubisky draft. How do you take the least mobile, least experienced guy out there with the least physical tools possible? You take Mitchell Trubisky and you leave to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes on the board. Man, uh, all, it's identical. It's identical. Now, do I think Mac Jones is going to be a bust or whatever else? I absolutely not. I think, and this is key, and a big reason why me and a lot of other people argue this, drafting philosophy, roster construction, all those things are important because Tony Gwynn's one of my favorite players of all time. Singles and doubles got him into the Hall of Fame. It's incredible. And I, I, I don't like busts, right? Except, I'm not saying I like busts, um, uh, whatever. Uh, it's gonna go another way. I already know the comment section is gonna like that one. Whatever. I do. I do. This is going bad. But the idea is this: at the quarterback position, you don't draft for singles. You don't draft for doubles. You don't draft for safe. No. And you sure as hell don't trade three first round picks and a third to play it safe. You go for the home run, and you have that option available. You have that option available. That's there. Now the question, um, you know, and and I could see this. Uh, who do you, who could be the potential bust in this draft at quarterback? Because usually they have a fifty percent success rate. And I'm going to say this, and this is important to me. All of these guys can play. All of these guys can be successful. Usually the busts go to shitty situations. You look at Josh Rosen. He was my number one player on the board that year. Number one. And again, was I wrong? Hell yeah, I was wrong. I was way off. I love Josh Rosen's tape. But I said verbatim, if he goes and plays behind a bad offensive line, he will not be successful. He went to the two worst offensive line teams in the NFL, the Cardinals and then, you know, the Dolphins. Now he's with the 49ers. Is he destroyed? Is there anything there to save? I don't know. So the bust isn't so much the player. But I can tell you this right now. If you're looking at, you know, who's going to go where, the Jets are a good spot. They didn't do much in free agency to create a positive atmosphere for a quarterback. Their old line's got some major issues. They got a lot of draft picks. I'm telling you right now, if I'm a quarterback and I'm looking at where I'm going, and you're talking about all these quarterback needy teams, Jacksonville, the Jets, uh, 49ers, um, you know, Carolina, Denver, places like that, the Jets scare me. They didn't fix that old line. They didn't. Not during free agency. They're, they didn't spend that much. They didn't go get better wide receivers. Yeah, a little bit, but that. So my question is: You pair some of these guys up with some of the situations, you're going to have some rough, rough spots. I don't think you can look at any of these guys and say, "Oh, he's going to be a bust," because that's they've been so successful in the college system. So if you pair them with situations they could be successful, then I think that's where you go. Now, who's going to be the biggest bust with the 49ers? Okay, you you plug all five of these guys in. Man, 49ers is such an enticing situation right now. Um, and I think Mac Jones would be fine. I really, really do. But you want to know how Kyle Shanahan leaves the 49ers? I'm not saying this would happen. You draft Mac Jones at three. He's average. You're in and out of the playoffs for the next two or three years. And any one of Justin Fields or Trey Lance goes to be what we think they will be. That's where like things change because this is such an aggressive mood move that, um, yeah, it, it's an issue. And so this is going to forever be tied to Kyle Shanahan forever, whether that's positive or that's negative. People forget Andy Reed never won a Super Bowl. Never. Never. He never did. And that was that clung to him for, what, 25 years in the NFL? Then he went up and got his guy. And he got, you know, that Super Bowl ring. Now the rest is history. That catapulted 
Andy Reid into one of the top coaches, whatever, you know, NFL history and track record, all it solidified it. But it's not always that way. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan is widely regarded as, you know, a top five signal caller. The locker room, he's built all those things. And you throw John Lynch in this equation as well. But when you push all your chips into the table, it kind of gives you an opportunity to, one, you get that whole pot back if you got the winning hand, or you lose it all. Now, again, I don't think Kyle Shanahan's being run out of town, nothing along those lines. But it will forever be marked you remember that one time whenever he could have drafted this guy and instead he went with McCorkle? Oh, ugh. the hell kind of name is that? Oh, anyway, my name's John. I'm named after a toilet. I don't know why I'm complaining. Uh, but anyway, so those that's my pros and four. Um, each one of those players. Now I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo because I think this is key and it bears as much weight, if not more, financially on the team, the 49ers. Uh, moving forward. So uh, l- let's let the coach kind of introduce it. Okay, here's the question. What does this mean for Jimmy? All of those things. Here we go. Here's the head coach. Hey, <clears throat> hey guys, if I could sneak in uh, too, I'm just not sure if I get another crack at this. Um, just reading between the lines, it, it, it seems like you really do want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, but if someone blew you away with a trade offer, you would have to consider that. I guess for starters, is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate with every player on our team. I mean, probably including myself. Someone blows us away with a trade for me. I bet you'd challenge the me. So it's, no. you know, that's, uh, I mean, definitely. I mean, we're in a situation where um, when you bring in a starting quarterback, I mean, when you bring in a rookie quarterback, to me, it's always better, especially on the team that you have. You'd If you got a, a veteran starter there already who um, you like and you're comfortable winning with, um, that's usually the direction you want to go and not, not throw someone else out into the fire until they're fully ready. And that's the situation we're at. You know, if you know, you look at uh, free agency, if it goes the other way around and you do things differently, maybe. Um, but right now, and Jimmy, it's going to be hard to find a quarterback that gives us a better chance to win than Jimmy right now, uh, especially even a rookie in the draft. Um, so that's what you look into. Now, if someone wanted something for that and it can make your team better in a lot of other ways, you, you listen to that, but it also depends on how good you feel about that rookie. And we're not there yet right now. And odds are we probably won't be. That's why we're happy that we don't have to be that way. Uh, we got a guy in here who we know we can win with, a guy that our players love, that we love. Um, and uh, we're excited to have him this year, and we're excited to have a hell of a quarterback right behind him, um, learning from when the time's his. I think I've been barking up this tree all year before the trade that if a quarterback falls to 12, you take him, that's best-case scenario. But you don't move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, and here's why. Very similar to what he said. You want long-term growth. This is a Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes transition, not the Bengals. We get to play this year for our 17th game. Pretty excited about that. Uh, But whatever, I digress. Remember, our quarterbacks get hit the most in the NFL. We have a great offensive line, but we draft first for the run game, a second for the pass, whatever, you know, pass protection. That's just Kyle Shanahan MO. It's what it's always been. If you find a guy who could do both, like Trent Williams, that's great. Those are rare and far between. I think Ben Garland is one of those. I think our old line has improved this year over last year. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But we still have Mike McGlinchey at right, tack- or at right tackle. We still have Daniel Brunskill at right guard. Um, both elite run blockers. Pass protection from those positions, not that great. Let's see what happens. What happens, let's say you you know, you know get a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, cool, awesome. Somebody goes down. What happens then? What does that look like? Now you're right back to where you were. You're going to have Josh Rosen out there starting. Again, not knocking Josh Rosen, but it's not what you want, right? And so I think the idea for Jimmy is this. One, if you get a deal... If you can get a second rounder, a top 50 pick, I'm not even taking anywhere, you know, I, I don't want a back end uh, second round pick. I want a top 50 pick. If I can't get a top 50 pick, then I'm not taking the deal. That's just me personally. Now you look at it, okay, let's look at the teams. Because I, I, there's not as many QB needy teams as there were for a Jimmy Garoppolo. Because the contract, you got to take that on. That's that's huge. So to trade for him, you got to take that contract. And then two, he's not your idea for the future. New England wanted him. They did. We said no. 
because we didn't have the trade lined up yet. And I love that. I'm so glad we're covering our bases. That's huge. If worst case scenario for the 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm happy. But New England went out and signed Cam to a pretty big one-year deal. Why trade for him now? You've got Cam. Um, does it make any sense to have Cam and Jimmy Garoppolo on the same roster the same year? I, I don't like it. But let's just say hypothetically, New England says, you know what, we still want him. And New England's picking, what is it, number 46? I'd take that deal in a second. Yeah, you give me that second round pick, 49ers would have the 43 pick and the 46 pick. Yeah, oh my gosh, I'd do that. But I just don't see it. Next year, Cam's on a one-year deal. If Cam doesn't pan out and improve with all the additions that the Patriots made, man, I think you'll be able to get even more for him next year. I do. Um, so that's whatever. Washington football team, they went inside Fitz. They're paying him decent starter-level money. Why would you go bring Fitz and Garoppolo? Those are just like two opposing ideas. I don't like it. Carolina, they have Bridgewater. He's basically Jimmy Garoppolo. I prefer Garoppolo, but why pay a premium to get a similar type guy? Um, I just don't like it, and I don't think that's Matt Rule's thing because he wants that supreme elite athlete and ability. That's just kind of his MO. Chicago, they have Dalton. Again, I prefer Jimmy to Dalton. But are they willing to pay a premium to jump up and get Jimmy? I don't think that they are. The Jets, maybe the Jets. This is best case scenario here. Jets say, you know what? Haha, ha, smoke show or trade out of that two pick. We're not taking a quarterback. Um, they go Kyle Pitts or, you know, Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater, whoever. It doesn't matter. They go somewhere else and they keep Sam Darnold. Now, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. I would love that. I don't think it would happen because then we would get Zach Wilson at number three and be able to offload Jimmy for a decent bargain because they have so much draft capital. Uh, I would love that. Denver, I think, makes the most sense. The Broncos, uh, we have a history, um, you know, trading quarterbacks back and forth, you know, even the Colin Kaepernick deal that fell apart, uh, whatever else, it doesn't matter. The relationship between those front offices is huge. John Lynch, um, and, you know, what's his name? That old quarterback. I don't even want to say his name. Um, they have the number 40 pick. That'd be best case scenario. Um, I like it. I don't think it'd happen. But that's what it is. And we need two QBs. So even if you do trade Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have to bring somebody else in that's a veteran. So let's say you unload Jimmy for a two. You save so much money cap-wise. All right, cool. I'm down for that. Uh, the money details, they're, they're pretty big. You'd save $23.6 million cap space this year if he's traded before June 1st. After June 1st, it's $25 million. So that, that date's kind of key there. But let's say you get a second for Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to have to turn around and spend a four to get Gardner Minshew or somebody else that, you know, has some experience that could come in and start that has, you know, if you remember, Gardner Minshew was coached by Kyle Shanahan um, at the Senior Bowl. So there's a little bit. Of, he's been in the system just a little bit. He's got two weeks, what is it, two weeks of practice there. So it's going to take something. You're going to have to bring in somebody else. You, you don't let Josh Rosen start because all of this goes back to the, the concept. The 49ers are a championship team. Why? Week one, hand that over to a rookie. It's not in the rookie's best interest. It's not in the 2021 49ers' best interest. It's not in the long-term interest of the franchise or organization either. Develop. 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 I don't care who it is. The person that has the most kind of NFL-ready, I answered this earlier, is Trey Lance. The kid's 20. Let him learn. Let him learn. I don't care which quarterback you draft, even if it's Trevor Lawrence. Don't care. Wait, wait, get you somebody that is a stopgap vet that can teach and you can learn and you can see and develop. That is so key. I don't care. I, I'm really big on quarterbacks wait. I'm not saying wait the whole season. That's all I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. The Tua transition I thought was the best ever. I know a lot of people knocked it, but that was perfect. Have your vet kind of take everything until the bye week. Transition to the bye week. Give your new rookie two weeks. To develop, oh, man, that, I don't even know what our bye week is. Schedule's not out yet, so that's going to affect it. But even if you look at Justin Herbert, three to four weeks, let him just go through camp and the backup and learn. Oh, it's huge. Now, I know that I said I was going to be, uh, you know, breaking down uh, some film. I've got it pulled up, 
but we've been going for a while. Uh, and so we're going to take away a break. We're going to do another episode there. Adam Garcia, thank you so much for the gift, brother. Let's talk about this. Um, man, thank you so much. Very, very generous. Adam's one of the best ever. Uh, always great questions. What do you think about after the draft when we get a guy like Fields or Lance? We trade Jimmy to New England. I love this. For Newton. Oh, look at this guy. Look at this guy. I'm out here playing checkers. Adam's playing chess. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man. He, he sees it differently. So... We go get our guy. We trade Jimmy to New England. We get back Cam Newton. Dude, do you know what it would be like to have Cam Newton and baby Cam Newton, uh, you know, fields? Oh, the comp that you, yeah. the athletic profile, that's a better way to say it, not playing style. The athletic profile of Justin Fields to Cam Newton, they're identical, man. He's he's smaller. He's a little smaller. But when they run and whenever they get pressure in the pocket is identical. Now, the throwing motion, completely different. I think throwing power, I think Cam Newton probably has a stronger arm, way less accurate, way longer wind-up, all those things. Uh, you know, if you, That would be a perfect situation. It really, really would be. Now, my problem with this, and the one thing that comes to mind initially, Adam, Cam Newton's a hell of a competitor. He's a hell of a player. I don't know how Cam Newton would handle being benched week seven or eight and then Justin Fields coming in. I don't know how he... He might be able to handle it fine. Um, I can say the only time he hasn't been the absolute stud was back in Florida, Cam Newton, whenever he was teammates with Aaron Hernandez and he got kicked off the team. Imagine being that guy that got kicked off a team that Aaron Hernandez was on and Urban Meyer was a coach who has no integrity whatsoever when it comes to these things. Um, but anyway, I digress. I like Cam Newton. I think that he's changed a lot. He's got some flaws for sure in playing whatever. I like Cam Newton. So I like this because it would save us a lot of money and we would get that vet guy because I think, man, I, and I, I think you could do that for, I would take that deal for a third. So, Again, I'm GM on the phone. I'm John Lynch. Look, you get Jimmy. We'll take Cam and a third-round pick. Um, you know, let me look here. I think they've got quite a few. I'm pulling this up while we're talking. I apologize for that. But I, I want to – so, no, New England has the 96th pick. So, at the very, very end of the third round, they don't have a traditional third. But they have three fourth-rounders. So, I would do this. A third, the number 96 pick, and – uh, one of their fourth rounders for Jimmy Garoppolo, and we get Cam Newton back. Oh my gosh, dude! I don't know why I haven't thought about this. This is awesome. Um, plus, he goes on, Adam. Uh, we offload Jimmy's cap for a second wave of free agency, and we have our bridge quarterback. I would do that in a second. I'm not the biggest Cam Newton guy, but those would fit. Whether that was Trey Lance, that would fit perfectly. Even if it was Zach Wilson. That would fit perfectly. Um, you'd basically tell Cam, we want you to stop running unless it's a design quarterback run as much. We want you to win with your arm. Um, and, yeah, you allow them to learn those things. Man, I freaking love that. Adam, you're the freaking man. Again, I really appreciate the generosity there, brother. Um, so, man, this has been a fun episode. We're, we're almost to the hour mark. Ah, uh, pumped up. The two days vacation did me well. My my voice is, is doing wonders. I'm, I'm making it at least. Um, so, if you haven't already, I always got to put this out there, uh, patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast. Go over there. It's where all our film is. Man, you can just try it out. You don't like it, quit, done. No questions asked. But if you want to support the podcast, that's the best way to do it as well. Over 200 hours of custom video breakdowns, plus my draft book. Oh, man. I'm a working, guys. My goal is to have it done in two weeks. Um, I've got a lot of positions to get through still. Um, and I'm focusing pretty heavy on all the quarterbacks, obviously. Just going through as much film. So if you if you want to watch more game film on these quarterbacks, and again, it's all coaching, all 22, the sideline view behind the quarterback. It's not highlights on YouTube. Um, I go straight through the, the scouts to get this. So if you want to see those, this is the place to do it. Um, and you get access to my draft book. Any level gets access to my draft book. I used to sell it for like 20, 30 bucks, whatever else. Nope, just join the Patreon. You get it. It's going to be available in about two weeks. So head over there. It's the best place. Um, again, we'll be giving a, get, uh, a giveaway. Countdown crew. That's right, baby. Next episode, 
Uh, we're always giving stuff away. I love it. Thank you guys for all the support, the questions. This was an absolute blast. Please rate, review the show. Helps us out a lot. Hit that big thumbs up. And guess what, guys? We will be back shortly. We got draft. We don't have that much time. So we got a lot of stuff to get to, and we're going to try to focus some on the second, third round, some fits that we have there and what that could look like because I know this number three pick is everything. Uh, but I want to get you guys prepared for the entire draft. Um, so that's there. Thank you guys so much, and as always, Stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.